Early detection of central nervous system tumors in children is vitally important in order to avoid devastating consequences. Yet CNS tumors are often misdiagnosed initially as more common pediatric diseases. The nonspecific symptoms associated with CNS tumors further complicates diagnosis. I'm Dr. Matthew Stanbrook, Deputy Editor for CMAJ, and today I'm speaking with Dr. Rand Goldman, pediatrician at BC Children's Hospital, professor of pediatrics at the University of British Columbia, and chief medical officer for the website medschoolforparents.com. Dr. Goldman co-authored a review article on central nervous system tumors and the importance of early detection. I reached Dr. Goldman in Vancouver. Dr. Goldman, hello. Hi, how are you, Matthew? Very good, thanks. Glad to have you with us. How common a problem are central nervous system tumors in children? Well, uh, central nervous system uh, tumors account for about a quarter of all cancers in children in the pediatric age group, 1 to 19. So it is common as tumors, but obviously not common to appear in children uh, in general. So you've written this article focused uh, on the early detection of CNS tumors, Let's start off by discussing about why this is important. Does early detection, for example, affect what treatment can be offered? Does it affect survival? Does it affect long-term neurological consequences? Why does it matter? Well, yes, you're right, Matthew. What's important about early diagnosis of CNS tumors in children is the fact that you can offer the best possible treatment if it's early on before it uh, created any kind of consequences that are unreversible. Today with uh, oncologists and neurosurgeons, there's a high success rate for treatment of tumors in children in the CNS when it's discovered early. So uh, there is great importance. And as a pediatric emergency physician, it is my goal to try and diagnose those uh, very early on in patients that come to an emergency department. So are there situations where if the tumor is caught late, the, the plan of treatment, be it surgical or other adjuvant therapy, can't be offered in the way it might have been if it were caught early? Yes, we unfortunately have children that are diagnosed relatively late, and then at times a surgical uh, procedure is not offered or cannot be offered to them. Uh, They will have to rely on radiotherapy, chemotherapy, or other types of treatment that are not optimal. Um, Neurosurgery had advanced significantly in recent decades, and we know that uh, uh, physical removal of a tumor is very important in some cancers. So uh, not being able to offer a surgery is a significant uh, lack in terms of benefit of treatment. Also from an oncological point of view, we know that more and more symptoms will appear if tumors are uh, diagnosed late. Uh, That's why there's great importance in diagnosing this early. When we diagnose anything in medicine, we always start with our usual history and physical. Tell us about what symptoms uh, should make a physician suspect that a child might have a CNS tumor. So uh, history and physical exam are key to any primary provider, specialist, emergency physician who will see children. And Within the history, we really rely in the young age group on parents to report symptoms and on older children to report their own symptoms. You know, listeners to this podcast will remember and know that headache is a very common symptom that will be presented 
by children with the tumors uh, in the CNS. Seizures are another symptoms that we see, but not as common. And vomiting is another symptom that is very common. The problem is that those symptoms can appear with so many other diagnoses and conditions that it is hard for the primary clinician to really make the uh, diagnosis of uh, tumor in the CNS. Uh, what we found in this report in uh, CMAJ is that there's no really pathognomonic pattern to uh, diagnosing CNS uh, tumors in children. There's no single signs or symptom in the history or the physical exam that will uh, tell us early on, you know, this is what you're looking for. When you go to the zoo, you see a giraffe, you know Im immediately this is a giraffe. Uh, when you come to diagnose uh, those conditions with CNS tumors in children, the pattern recognition is not as easy. So it's hard based on symptoms to move to uh, early suspicion of CNS tumors. How about physical exam then? Is that a little more helpful? Well, physical exam is extremely helpful, and doing a complete neurological exam is really a key to making a diagnosis early on of CNS tumors. But even then, we don't know of a clear one or combination of signs and findings on physical exam. There's no sequence of events that will uh, help us with the early diagnosis. So many children will have CNS tumors, but still will not uh, show on their physical exam any signs or findings that will be easy in some cases to diagnose the condition. Now, in a lot of what you talk about in your article is about preventing delayed diagnosis. And you break down the time to diagnosis into three distinct phases, as it were. You talk about the time from when parents notice symptoms in their child to seeing a healthcare provider about it, then the time from that visit to a specialist referral, and then the time from referral to diagnosis. So where along that pathway do delays tend to happen most? Well, uh, we call it pre-diagnostic symptomatic interval. Um, this is a, a common term in both neurosurgery and oncology. And this is, as you describe, the time that it takes to really make a clear diagnosis. And the minute you make the diagnosis, treatment can start. We, we found uh, in, in doing a hunt of literature on the topic we found that delays can happen in each of the phases. The first phase, time from parents identifying something's wrong with their child until they go and see their provider, usually a family physician or a general practitioner. The second period of time, from the time they first visited a, a provider to a time where they were referred to a specialist. And these could be uh, either a pediatrician or an emergency physician going to the emergency department or a general clinic in a hospital. And finally, the time from that referral, from seeing the specialist until a clear diagnosis is made. Those intervals are, are really key. And if we can shorten each one of them, we'll be better off in terms of making the right diagnosis. And, you know, as you say, despite a growing um, evidence and, and knowledge and having better access to imaging, we still see in many countries, including in Canada, that it does take quite a long time to uh, make the diagnosis and get through those intervals uh, for uh, patients uh, in the pediatric population. So what are some of the biggest reasons for the delays during those intervals? Well, 
we know that several factors influence this. First, um, the symptomatology and the age. Uh, median duration of 30 days or so uh, with vomiting or even more, longer, two and a half months with a headache um, were reported in some studies. So a very long time for the types of symptoms. And that is because there's no clear sequence of symptoms or one symptom that will give us the diagnosis. We know from age perspective that the older children actually are diagnosed later than uh, young children or infants when they have CNS tumors. And that is because the physical exam is more pronounced and more clear in the younger population. And then access to imaging is also a factor in delays um, in uh, geographic areas where access uh, is more difficult or there is a tendency not to conduct imaging such as CT or MRI scans, there is a potential delay in making the right diagnosis. In your paper, you remind us that ordering imaging, because imaging is obviously critical to diagnosis at some point here, you remind us that imaging in children is not as simple as it is in adults, that um, you often have to sedate children for MRIs and with CTs you worry about radiation risk. And so you talk about the need to order such tests meritoriously, but does that reluctance to uh, order imaging tests in children contribute to some of this diagnostic delay, do you think? Uh, I think the answer is yes, and rightfully so in some cases. Look, this is the conundrum I live with every day in the emergency department. I have to determine um, through hundreds of children that have some headache or have vomiting or both, I need to determine whether they have a very common illness, such as a gastroenteritis or tension headache or migraine headache, uh, or maybe they are the one child that I want to diagnose early with a brain tumor. Well, if I would image uh, or conduct a CT or MRI, ask my colleagues in radiology to do that for every child that comes through the emergency with a few days or even a week of symptoms that I just mentioned, we will be doing uh, MRIs and CTs in the hospital all day long. And uh, you're right that there are risks. Sedating children, especially if they go through an MRI in, in young children, this is done uh, with an anesthetist under uh, sometimes general anesthesia. If we sedate children for a CT in order to have them um, non-mobile and sit still for the few minutes that are needed, we are taking risks. And as everyone knows, uh, listening to this podcast, radiation had become the forefront of uh, risks associated with CT. And although we have better protocols today for reduced radiation, we try to avoid CTs as much as possible. So yes, those are factors that we need to think of when we determine should we do imaging or not, and uh, they may contribute to the delay in diagnosis. In many areas of medical care now, including cancer care, benchmarks have been established for how long someone should wait at most before they receive a certain type of care. Has anyone proposed what a benchmark should be for the time to diagnosis of a CNS tumor in a child? So in Canada, I think the answer is not yet. And we're working as a team of uh, pediatricians, oncologists, and neurosurgeons uh, with radiologists in order to try and determine what is the timeline that will be acceptable or we hope to achieve in order to reduce time to diagnosis. Uh, 
In the UK, a group had set together and uh, a group of 120 healthcare providers, as well as parents, because uh, caregivers or parents have a huge role in this, set together and came up with a large number of recommendations. Some of them went to recommend imaging. And the UK group suggested that uh, depends on the type of symptom, as long as there are no clear findings in on physical exam, one may wait a few weeks up to a month before ordering imaging, which will be uh, important for the diagnosis. But I think that we still have a lot of work to do in order to accumulate more information from multiple sources um, on children that either had uh, CNS tumors or those that hadn't but came with similar symptoms to an emergency department or their doctor's office in order to really get some clear guidelines that will be used by us as providers to children. So let's talk about how we can do better. What steps can we take that would increase the number of children who have a timely diagnosis of their CNS tumor? I think two important pieces of work are still in front of us. One is to educate parents and tell parents what to look for, um, what type of symptoms and signs, what type of behavior changes in children should they be looking for in order to rapidly seek help and make sure that the healthcare provider is seeing their child and doing a full physical exam. I think the second piece is to educate ourselves as healthcare providers, especially primary healthcare providers, through continuing education efforts, knowledge translation, uh, multimodal effective ways, in order to remind uh, primary providers of what is it that they should look for and when should they uh, pull the trigger um, in, in a way and send children to specialists or directly to imaging. Uh, those are efforts that are being made, and I know that a lot of people around Canada are trying to increase or enhance knowledge and recognition, but we still have some work to do. So are there any other key messages that you'd want to leave uh, health providers, be they general practitioners or specialists, uh, about uh, what they really should bear in mind on this issue? You know, I would say uh, this. First, uh, that there's no pathognomonic feature for brain tumors. And, and that's what makes the diagnosis so difficult in children. And uh, we need to remember that despite advancements in imaging techniques, we still see delays in diagnosis. So it is important to work together, patients, caregivers, and providers, in order to uh, find those um, patients, those children, that we need to step forward in order to ensure their early diagnosis. Well, it's good to be talking about this problem, certainly an important problem, and we very much appreciate you uh, being with us to educate us about it. Thank you very much, Matthew. All the best. I've been speaking with Dr. Rand Goldman, pediatrician at BC Children's Hospital, professor of pediatrics at the University of British Columbia, and chief medical officer for the website medschoolforparents.com. To read the review article he co-authored, visit cmaj.ca.